From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my my puppy dog's (laughs) name. Uh, Who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a cool ant that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, My son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like He thought it was really cool. Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Brie Tucker. Hello, everybody. And Brie, <laughs> we're talking about your favorite word today. No, no, no. it's a bad word. I hate it. <laughs> so Brie has a little anxiety about our topic today. Uh, my heart is racing because I'm going to have to say the word, aren't say I? Say the word. Budget. Budget. I mean, how how many people hate budgets? Like, I'm not a fan of budgets. Oh, I am such a non-budget person. I am like, I would dig a hole in the sand and just go hide inside of it if I can. Like, I don't want to talk about it. What do you think really makes you that anxious about budgets? Budget, to me, is all about telling me no and taking away my choices and my options. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people say. I, I feel that's like it's I taken thought. away my power. Like it's taken away any availability I have to make choices is what a budget is. But it's not. Well, so much of money talk out there is about what you can't do and what you shouldn't spend on, which has kind of its place. But mm-hmm. Nicole Rule, who we're talking to today, she's the founder of Your Greatest Worth. She takes it one step further through her podcast, blog, and now she has an online summit coming up, the Abundant Life Summit. Nicole encourages encourages you to live your priorities when it comes to money in terms of defining your values about what you say yes to instead of what you say no to. I will admit like talking with her, I started to feel a little bit calmer. Yes. I think that you will really enjoy this interview. She has so many tips about how you can live your life in terms of money and how we can teach our kids to do that as well. This episode is brought to you by the DOT Student Planning System. It is the only system that gives students a planner like they do in school and and Brie teaches them how to use it. Wow, it goes that extra mile that you actually need because how many times have you gotten a planner for your child and they don't use it. They and it's don't. So frustrating. And it was frustrating as a teacher too, because we used to be given planners by our school. I I didn't know what to do with a planner at the time. I just gave my students it, and maybe we would copy down assignments in it yeah. each but afternoon for like maybe a week or two. For right? maybe a week, but then you just don't see the point anymore, and you mm-hmm. stop. Well, that's how the dot student planning system is different, because not only do students write their assignments down, but I also teach them how to time block their time in the afternoons, how to make time to do those assignments and balance it with their extracurricular activities when that happens in our post-COVID world. Mm -hmm. And also, oh my gosh, have your kids ever gotten a really big assignment and they waited until the last minute to do it? 
Um, yeah, all the time. All the all time. time. And teachers try to chunk it out, mm-hmm. but yet there's still work within that chunk. And again, they wait to that last minute to get it done. Yeah, the last minute. And so Dot, I teach them how to lay out their long-term plans. And actually, we write it in our calendar exactly when we plan to do those tasks. And it leads up to this finished project at the end with maybe they'll decide to still wait till the last minute on some of it, mm-hmm. but at least they will be intentional from the beginning and know exactly how much work they need to do from the onset. And DOT teaches them all of that. What I love is that the DOT system is visual. So it helps those kiddos that are like me that likes to see it. I have to physically see it to figure out my time frame. Yeah. But then also it teaches them how to be self-sufficient mm-hmm. and how to plan ahead. And it looks really cool this year. I didn't realize they're learning that stuff either. They yeah. don't They don't realize. They don't realize. And we have a spectacular cover design for Dot. That's oh, really cute. And everyone, everyone has given us such, such great words about it. So if you want to learn more about the Dot student planning system, we have a link for you in the show notes. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. here on the podcast. And we are totally looking forward to talking all about money and living your values on money and why having a budget's not a bad word. So welcome. Yes. welcome. Yes. Thank welcome. you. Thank you both for having me. I'm very excited. I'm so excited for you to have a podcast and to hear all these amazing conversations. So thank you for having I have me. I a podcast too. It's so fun <laughs> you're here. I know, so many new fun things. So I want to talk a little bit though about like how you got started in the money arena and how kind of you decided this was going to be your focus. So let's go like back to what was like the first thing that made you really focused on money and budgeting? On money. Well, it really goes back. It's almost like 10 years now, which I can't believe it's that long ago. But I, Joanne knows a little bit about the story. I had just had my second baby. So we have four kids now. I just had my second and I was about to go back to work. So I had done my almost 12 weeks of maternity leave. And she was still, you know, not sleeping. You know, I was breastfeeding all the things. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to look and see how many hours I have to go back to work in order to just like meet our responsibilities, right? Like pay our bills. And as I'm like adding all of it up, so I'm actually the one who would avoid any kind of budget meeting. I was not into it. My husband did all of the money stuff. He paid the bills. He did everything. And I just was not into it. So as I'm like crunching these numbers, you know, I kind of need help even. So I'm like asking him for help. And basically we come to find out that I need to go back 40 hours a week (laughs) in order to pay our bills. So I see that we're a hundred thousand dollars in debt. And not only are we in debt, but we are overspending every month. We are spending more than we make every month. Which that's you a think, hard how, thing to realize. Like, yeah, like that's how almost is that like even, a crushing blow. It's a scary thing when you see that on paper, I think. Yeah. That definitely makes think, you want to do that whole, can I put my head in the sand and just forget I even saw that kind of thing? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But 
at that point, I was like, whoa, what is happening? And funny thing is my husband's like, this is not news to me. You know, like my husband's yeah. like been He's trying like- to talk to me about it. <laughs> so it was at that point, basically, I was like, we've got to change something. And so I started reading all these books. And that's kind of when we got on a plan and started budgeting and ended up paying off all of that debt, $100,000, it took us like 26 months to pay it off. And that's actually phenomenal. It was really fast. Honestly, I would not recommend that. It was probably too fast and it was really intense. I cried a lot. It was very emotional. I had like three jobs I was working. It wasn't my most favorite time. But I guess what I like to tell people is like through that process, I learned a lot about myself. One thing that happens when you start working with your money is you start asking questions like, do I want to be spending money on this? Is this important to me? Is it not important to me? And then all of those kind of really introspective questions happen. And so that's kind of what happened to me through that journey. I started asking all these really deep questions and like, what did I want out of my life? So, I mean, it even got to the point, like, do I, I was a physical therapist. Do I want to be a physical therapist? Like I started really asking all these really deep questions. Yeah. So you said, you said you cried a lot and you had a lot of tough things to do. And I imagine that with kids and having to stick on a budget, that's even harder. (sighs) Yeah. So what were some of those struggles that you came up against? So a lot of the struggle was, which all these moms I'm sure can relate with, is working a lot. So basically we were sacrificing in the short term to pay off the debt, but I was probably working like 60 hour weeks and we had babies. I mean, they were little, this was not like older kids who were self-sufficient. So what we ended up doing, because I was feeling a lot of guilt is like, I was like, well, let's think of this. Let's brainstorm different ideas. Like we needed to think outside of the box. So what we ended up figuring out that worked for us is we still wanted to do it quickly, but we want to be home with our kid. I ended up getting like a weekend position. And then my husband worked on the weekdays. So basically we swapped, like we took turns doing the childcare and we hired a nanny like two days a week. So two days a week, we would be working on the same days. And then one of us was home with the kids on the other days. And so while that was really hard on our marriage, right? right, That's what I was going to ask you about, (laughs) because I know how, like what a great marriage that you and Sam have, and you guys do like a weekly show together yeah, and how that was on your relationship and how you dealt with that. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street crack tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And (laughs) active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm 
always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Hey, all It is Joanne. And Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Yeah, it was really hard. It it was really hard. You just have to be like super duper intentional. But at the same time, I think one thing that I'm learning as I get older is that the hard parts are like part of our life too. The hard part is like part of the process. We can't always be seeking the goodness or the fun. You know, we have to be okay with things being hard too. And then once you kind of work through that hardness, then you come out of it and you're different or stronger or whatever it is that you've learned through it. But yeah, it was really, really hard. It was not easy. It was a choice we were willing to make. But at the same time, like you have to know, are you willing to make that choice in that time? And I like your thinking about the hard part being part of the process. Like that's how you build resiliency. That's how you build really, I feel like relationship closeness is going through hard times with people. Yeah. Same as like child rearing, right? Like you don't want to take all the hard parts away from your kid. I mean, we do. That's what we feel like with the mom guilt. We feel like we need to make our kids' lives easier and that any of their pain is kind of like on our shoulders as well. Yeah. But it's really the struggles what makes them stronger. Exactly. So one thing you talk about is prioritizing your guys' values and what was important to you when you were working on this budget plan. So tell me, I'm very excited to hear more about that because I will be honest, I am definitely a budget is a bad word kind of person. (laughs) I hear budget and I hear you're taking away my freedom. 
Mm-hmm. So tell me all about that because that sounded really interesting. It's, it's, it's a mind shift, essentially, it sounds like. Yes, it's a huge mind shift. So honestly, my process with money, I'll just kind of tell you, it actually starts with your mindset. So asking like, how did you grow up with money? What are your beliefs around money? What are your limiting beliefs around money? And then it's creating a vision for yourself and values for yourself. Then you create a budget. So normally what we learn kind of in the financial world is to just make a budget. That's the answer, right? The answer is the budget. You just it's have like reduce, to do- reduce, reduce, reduce. Right. Yes. Right. Exactly. But what my hope is for people is that, and what I found through budgeting is that the budget is basically just a tool to create the freedoms and the vision that you want for your life. So for us, when I say values, so this is actually, it's interesting because I get this question a lot because it's pretty abstract. So when I talk about defining values, it's like anything you've ever thought of. So what is something that you really value in your life? Even if it's just like one word or a phrase, do you guys have anything that you want to... I love love learning and I love my books. Okay. That's my biggest value. That's the thing that brings me the most happiness. What about okay. you, Okay. Experiences. Sharing experiences with others, with family, with friends. Like mm-hmm. That's a very important value to me. What's your value? So I would say, I mean, one of them for sure is like travel, but I also have wellness as a value, community. Community is a value, which is probably really is similar to experiences with friends and family. And so the thing is, so now you have this value and then I have people like define it because my value of community might look different than your value of experiences with your friends or family. So defining it to me is getting really specific and saying, okay, for me, community is having meals with friends. So before pre-COVID, we were pre-COVID. Zoom meals now. Zoom meals, right? <laughs> oh, right? Back in the day. So we did for a while. Zoom we meal. were we doing did, yeah. We would have like, it was like once a week, we would have some family over for dinner, like friends, not, not necessarily our family, but friends. And that was really important to us. Or we would like invite a neighbor we didn't know over for dinner. It was just kind of like building community where we were. And so knowing that really specific thing about us, it was really easy to be like, okay, our grocery budget is probably going to cost more than normal person who doesn't necessarily value having people over for dinner. And if we know that about ourselves, then we're not beating ourselves up and having guilt and shame around spending, you know, oh, my grocery budget doesn't match this economy mom's grocery budget. I don't understand why it doesn't match. I should be able to get down low, low, low like she is, you know? And so then you feel terrible and then you feel like your budget sucks. Yeah. And all it's doing is restricting you, right? When in actually, if you know about yourself, no, actually my budget is going to be $200 more a month for groceries. And you just know that then you don't have to feel bad about spending the $200 extra a month. That's something you're choosing because it's important. And you might have to say no to something else so that you can put that $200 there. Kind of depends, right, on what your your inflow is. Everyone has different inflows. I like that way of thinking about it because I think with budgets and spending money, we do fall into traps. We fall into the trap of comparing our budgets to others. Mostly, I think it comes from a not knowing exactly how to budget. You know, you look online and you're like, how much should my percentages be to be like a good yes. quote unquote budgeter? You know, not to pick on particular individuals that are famous for having classes on budgeting, but there are some people that are like, you know, you need to cut everything. 
Uh, you yes. gotta cut everything. And yes. then it's like, yes. if it makes me cry, this sort of a panic attack, even thinking about, especially when they're like, my way is the only way. And mm-hmm. it just, it, it's a little overwhelming. It's and then it's like, never mind. I'll just live in debt. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even get me started. So honestly, I created this summit that Joanne is in. She's speaking at because I hate the formulas. I hate them so much. I mean, that was a lot of reasons why I was on the floor crying because I felt like we had to keep telling ourselves no. When in actuality, you know, we probably should have taken four years to pay off our debt and we didn't go on any vacations. We didn't do anything that was like meaningful to us at all. And that was not healthy. I think that like the mentality is, is that if you're doing it right, you should be suffering. Right. I think it is. I think that's kind of the acceptance of like, if you're not really doing this really hard and bare bones, then yeah, you're not vested. You're not truly trying to do it. Mm -hmm. The formulas of my hope is that basically everyone kind of creates their own formula. That's the whole point. You have to have confidence in your money-making decisions. And when you're following someone's formula... That's not building confidence. I mean, anyone who's a teacher, right, knows you don't want to give the kids the answers. You don't want them to like follow the formula. You want them to be thinking for themselves and to be able to like do this when they move on from you. So formulas are not the answer. A framework is a good answer yeah. where it's like, here yeah. are the steps that is usually there and then giving them kind of room to make their own adjustments as necessary. Now, I love how you use values in your own money. You're a mom of four. Yes. <laughs> how do you teach your kids to kind of live the same system that you're living? That is a good question. So we're still in the process. So our oldest is, he's almost 12. So we have 12, 10, 8, and 6. So they're all kind of in the process. But right now... We have a lot of discussions. So they have spending money. I don't know how much you want to get into like how we pay them and all that stuff. But so they have spending money that basically I let them spend on anything because we've put it into the other buckets. And so that is their money. So they get to like basically make mistakes with it, right? It's just really important with kids. They don't understand. They understand immediate gratification. They don't understand. They don't understand. And what it's our job to help them understand is that you know, like if you don't go for this Lego kit right now, you could be, I don't know what else, what would my 11 year old want? A bigger a skateboard. Lego, Lego kit. Like a, yeah. Or like a skateboard or something. You for could be like saving. Lego kit versus Nintendo Switch. That's what there you go. For. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is very similar. So we could say that. What is more important to you right now? Because that's what values are. Values shift and they change and that's okay. And so it's just helping them see like, What's important to you right now? What's your one goal? That's something that I teach adults too. Maybe you have this big vision of what you want and it's a Nintendo Switch, right? And that's the big thing for a kid anyway. So then you would kind of break that down into smaller goals. They're not going to get enough money to buy a Nintendo Switch for a pretty long time, an 11-year-old kid. So helping them see like, okay, well, one of your goals could be, I want to put $10 of my allowance into, or anything I earn, birthday money or whatever, into the Nintendo Switch fund. And then I'm only going to spend this other amount of money because this Nintendo Switch is most important to me right now. I think also for us as parents, it's really like we have, we actually have a poster of values in our home. When our kids 
ask questions like, can we go out to dinner? So this is more talking about like family values. I think this is very helpful though. Like, so I have a a 12 year old daughter that seems to think money just grows on trees. And so like every day it's, can I go to Starbucks? Can we go out to dinner? I want to have this. So Mm -hmm. tell me more about this this idea. My kids love to go out to dinner too. I mean, that has kind of shifted pre post COVID. COVID world. (laughs) Well, now now it's get the takeout. Now it's, can we go get takeout? Yeah, that's true. That is happening too. Okay. So let's say your kids ask for takeout. They want takeout again. You have to be willing to have a discussion and be like, you know what? We could spend this $40 or $50, whatever it is on takeout, or we could choose to eat at home. And so then that means we have 50 extra dollars that we could use for something else. So we talk about with us, our kids really, really love this beach vacation that we take every year. And so often we'll relate it to that beach vacation. We tell them, that beach vacation costs us like $2,500 every time we go. So we'll take that $50 and we'll put it in the beach vacation fund so that when we're ready to take that beach vacation, we can spend on that. It'll take a while for your kids. If you haven't been talking to them that way, they'll be like, well, we do the beach vacation anyway, you know, like, (laughs) and you're like, yeah, "Yeah, we do the beach vacation because we don't eat takeout every night. Money is all about choices. It's really easy to think as a kid that you can have everything. I mean, even as an adult, you can't have everything, but I could have anything, right? Like there's a difference. Like I don't want everything. There are specific things that I want. And so I'm going to choose to like funnel my money into those things. And then that does mean saying no to some other things. So like being aware Like, actually, I don't really want to do that right now. Sometimes it would be like, I get invited to go out for drinks with the girls. And while I do love that, I didn't need it like all the time. Right. So I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to go out tonight or I'll go out. I'm not going to order the $16 cocktail. Right. I'm going to order. Yeah. Making the choice to go out more from like the community standpoint versus the having the expensive drinks and kind of like realizing that you can still reach that goal, but in financially friendly way. Well, Hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates and I'm the host of Wannabe Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad. 
to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Exactly. So I'm curious because you said that you give your kids money to make mistakes with. What mistakes have you seen them make with money? Well, my son, I keep bringing up my son, but he's super into Fortnite and he's just the one who spends money like water. So he buys stupid Fortnite things. I mean, do you guys know Fortnite? Yes. Yeah. I have a 13 year old son. Okay. Yeah. So he'll buy the stupid battle passes or whatever, you know, it's just like $10 here, $10 there. You know what? I don't know that he thinks they're a mistake right now. I think he is enjoying it. So honestly to him, it's like a good $10 spent. I think eventually, I don't know, maybe he'll realize that, oh, I spent $20 this month on Fortnite and I could have spent that $20 on something else. We talk about that, but he hasn't really, I think he enjoys it so much that it doesn't feel like a mistake to him. So it's so interesting because my son has the same kind of spending mentality and we recently got him kind of sidetracked from it just by saving for this switch and making this long-term goal. But my daughter, my daughter won't spend money. Like she has this guilt almost about spending money. She wants to know if it's exactly worth it, if she's going to be happy or if she's going to feel sick that her money is gone. Are any of your kids like that? Yeah, my second child. My second child is she's 10. But I would say probably what would be really good for her, because I know your daughter's actually older. Mm -hmm. If you do the value, yeah, do the values thing with her and see like, what does she value? So then she could know like, oh no, this is like really important to me. I wrote this down as one of my values. So I think this would be a good purchase. That's a good idea. I'm going to do that with her because right now it's like all accumulating and she has a good size amount, but she doesn't want to touch it for anything. Mm, That's that's my son. I have the two polar opposite kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My son who's 13 will not spend his money on anything. He'll loan it out to you, but he won't. (laughs) And expects it back, but he won't spend anything on himself. Whereas my daughter, it's like water. Like as soon as she gets it or she'll do that whole, like, can you front me my allowance for the next two weeks on this? And I, unfortunately, have gotten in the whole, like, all right, let me pay back. And yeah. Yeah. So I think it's important to have a balance both ways. Because I think when you grow up with that kind of mentality, right? Like, oh, I can't spend money. Then that's not going to serve her either in the future. Just like the kid who's spending money like water. So our kids actually have savings account where we actually put it in an investment account. Every month they put, I think it's like 30% of the money that they earn into this investment account and we match it, which makes them very excited. And they'll see that grow. So, and they can't have that money till they're 18. That's the other thing. Oh, So it's like, maybe for her, if she knew she had this pot of money that was being saved, she would feel more comfortable I really, really like that idea. I love that idea too. So I'm going to ask the question that I'm sure it's that little like minefield question when it comes to money and kids. Okay. Hit me. Allowance. What are your thoughts on that for your family? Like, do your children get allowance? Do they earn it? Do you have like a chore system in the house? How do your children earn this money that you talk about? Yeah, I'll be straight up. We're still figuring it out. But um, the system that we have figured out seems to be working pretty well. We've probably been doing it for like a full year and they really enjoy it. So once a month, so they have specific chores that are just expected of them every day. So we tidy the house every day. Once a week, we do like a deep cleaning of the house. They take out the trash. They do the dishwasher. It's just like that kind of stuff, setting the table. 
All of those everyday family work. Yeah. Things that make your family work. Yeah. And so we do, they have to do all those all the time. And we haven't gotten to the point, like we don't have kids who are like, I'm not doing that. We just kind of have a discussion. We're like, this is just part, this is what you do. We're part of a family. This is what you do. So I don't know about the kid who's like fighting back on that. Okay. So they all do that. And then once a month we pay them. So they each get $20 a month. So this is my formula. Do not feel like you need to use my formula. Yeah, I that's want, a good I disclaimer. Want to tell people. Yes. Well, no, I like, yeah. I like this because you're being very honest. Like this mm-hmm. is what works for our family because that's yeah. exactly the point. What works for your family might not work for mine, but you yes. know what? How am I even going to get any ideas or tools or inspirations if I don't find out what somebody else is doing and yes. what, how that looks in there? situation. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we pay them once a month and we pay them each $20. And then there's a certain percentage. I don't know if I can remember off the top of my head. I think it's 50% goes to just their spend. So they get $10 to go to spend. And then I think it's 10% goes to like giving. And we do giving where they can either give to like charity or nonprofit or whatever, or they can use that money to like buy gifts for their siblings. They have really enjoyed oh, doing that. I like that for giving. We had yeah. that system as well, but we could never figure out what to give to. And to give to each other is such a great thing. I'm they so, have yes. loved it. They love spending that money on each other, which has been really sweet to watch. And then the other 40% is what goes into their savings. So that would be $6. And we call it save. We actually call it invest. We do call it investing. So they actually have term. Yeah. an investment account that is under our name. It's not really under their name. And there's all kinds of reasons for that. I don't know if we want to go into all of that right now. So they each have a separate account. They have to put the $6 in there. And then we say, hey, do you want to put any more of your spend money in this invest account? Because the more they put, the more we match. So often they'll say, yeah, let's put like four more dollars. So that makes it $10, right? And then we'll like, okay, so we're matching that. So we're going to put $20 into your investment account and they'll watch us do it. We'll actually transfer the money because that's all online. The rest of it we're doing in cash. We're that's giving- what I was going to ask next because yeah. Joanne has a pretty cool system with a spreadsheet. And I'm like, I'm not sure if I could keep to that. <laughs> I was doing the cash system, honestly. I was giving out dollar bills and they were physically separating them into jars and mm-hmm. to yes. spend and give and save. It was totally my mentality that made me stop that. I did never replenish the dollar bills. And so it would go weeks <laughs> on end where I'm like, I have no dollar bills. <laughs> I can't get to the bank. Well, and I'm saying I do have that yeah. problem too when I do cash. Sometimes mm-hmm. I forget, but I like the idea of monthly. Yeah. yeah. Doing it once a month has helped a lot with the cash. So we only have to go to the bank once a month. We'll hey, get cash yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of how they separate it out. And then on top of that, then we let our kids, there's paid jobs is what we call them. Mm-hmm. So like, like our extra. son, yeah, he'll mow the lawn. That's a paid job. And so every time he mows the lawn, he gets $5. And he can do what he wants with that. He can put it in his spend. He can put it in his gift or he can put it in his invest. He gets to choose with that extra money. What I'm kind of hearing is that the $20 that you do a month isn't really necessarily an allowance. It really is more of a teaching them how to use money in a responsible way and building those habits. You can label it as allowance if you want to, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily. 
Correct. Yeah, I would say that's probably true. So I've heard so many great tips from you, Nicole. I've heard the values, discussing the values with kids to make sure that they are spending money on what they find important. I love that. I'm going to do that. The investment account that, oh my gosh, that's amazing in the matching. I think that's try that as well. Yeah. Yeah. What other like tip do you have for moms? Like what's something that they could put into action right now if they want to start talking with their kids about values and money? I think, I think probably just realizing that it does all start with a discussion. So it doesn't start with the numbers, like all the financial gurus tell us, don't start with the numbers. Actually, you're just starting with a discussion. So if you have a partner, you probably want to start there, get your partner on board and just the way to do that, because that's actually another whole big question, Yes, is to just talk about your dreams. Like, hey, partner, kids are asleep or whatever, because I know that there's no other time during COVID to actually talk to your partner, but... Um, hey partner you're always around yeah oh my gosh they're always around so hard so yeah you you have to have like the visioning conversation because that is the fun part that's what actually matters your vision is your why so maybe your vision is to just like not pass down the same money habits that you have to your kids. I've heard that a lot from clients of mine. Like that's literally their only dream right now is to just get their kids to do something differently with their money. Maybe your vision is to take annual vacations with your family, pay for in cash, right? So there's all these visions that can look totally different. So you've got to have that conversation with your spouse, tell him or her your vision, and then have them tell you their vision, right? And listen deeply. And you're going to find more connection in just that conversation. And then what happens after that conversation is you can start to see how all of that is related to your money. Like your money plays an integral role in all of that. So then the two of you have a conversation with your kids about it. And I think the one thing, I know you teach this, Joanne, but like, I think a lot of people don't understand is kids really treasure honesty. So yes, and they can see right through you if you're not being honest. So be as honest as you feel like you can, maybe even more honest than you feel is comfortable for you. So if you want to tell them about your debt and how you don't really want to live that way anymore. And here's how that might entail some changes in our spending. And here's some of the changes I see. What do you think we could do to to change how we're spending our money? You know, just bring them into the conversation. And I think that's so powerful too, as a parent, to tell your kids really honestly, hey, I did this. This is where we are right now. And we're going to get out of it. We're going to work out of it. But we need to make a plan moving forward and being very transparent and showing showing the struggle. Because I think so many people say you have to hide stuff for kids from kids because you don't want to frighten them or make them nervous. And while there is a way to do that, it's not holding everything back. Yeah. And I think it answers your question too, Brie. So when you've had this amazing conversation with them, they understand now. And so when they're like, hey, can we get takeout? You're like, hey, do you remember that conversation we had about, you know, we have this other goal now and that doesn't really, takeout is not part of that plan. So what's some frozen meal that would, you know, you could make that would be just like takeout, you know, just as exciting, you know, that kind of thing. So you have the Abundant Life Summit coming up. 
That's right. Tell yes. us about Tell that. Us about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited about it. I honestly, I've created this like through the pandemic. I started in March and now we're ready to go. And it's, I've never been more proud of something in my whole life, mostly because the common rhetoric around money is like, do it this way. This is the right way. And here's how you do it. And if you're not doing it that way, then you're, you're wrong. wrong. Right. <laughs> And so I saw that out there for years and years. And I have, you know, mentors and friends in the industry that have been kind of talking a similar philosophy as I have. And so I've kind of brought all of those people together to kind of share how we've all gotten to this different perspective of money. So different mindset around money. And then also how we kind of made our money management journey personal because, I mean, that's what it's all about is making it personal and then just using your money as a tool to like reach all of those dreams that you really want to do. I really see like that's what money's for is to like, you know, reach for dreams and, you know, go after your calling and all of those things. So that the summit kind of is very holistic, talks about all the things. I love that entire mindset about using money to go after your dreams. Yeah. And you also have a podcast. I do. I actually have been taking a break from it for the whole COVID season because I've been creating the summit, but I'm going to start back up in October. So feel free to just subscribe and then you'll know right when all the, the episodes start coming out. It's called Your Greatest Worth. My business is actually called Greatest Worth. Awesome. Awesome. Well, people yeah. will be going to check out that. And thank we have love talking to you and have gotten so, so many great tips. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you both so much. It was so fun. So how do you feel about the budget word now after talking with Nicole? I feel a lot less anxiety. I feel like it's actually obtainable. And I like the fact that it's kind of shifted from taking away my choices to reminding me to focus on what is the most important. So she was saying like, you know, you don't have to not get to go out to eat necessarily or have takeout as an option. You just have to look at it. How does that relate to your goal? your value, what's important, what what are your, I like to call them priorities. What's your family priorities? Yeah. And we talked a little bit about our family priorities right after we got off this interview. Mm -hmm. And like one of our family priorities is health and uh, fitness. And that's where we tend to spend a lot of our money lately, especially because my husband, he built himself a gym in the garage, which he does actually, he uses very consistently, but it's just one of our priorities is to spend a lot on fitness equipment and really good quality food, a lot of protein. Protein is big in our house. But the kids see that too. They, they see know. that. They know that when you when they ask for things that it's related to that. And that's what's important. They see as the family that that's important. Mm-hmm. They see that that's important. They may not like it sometimes, but they do know that one of our values is this kind of healthier way of eating. So that when they ask for pizza, we can say, well, we're not having pizza tonight because we can cook easier at home right, and make it healthier for our bodies. Right. But then we can do something fun, like take a family trip to go on a hike. Oh yeah. Or like, I'm a big dessert fan. I'm a big sweet tooth. And I'm like, oh, we could go treat yourself at Dairy Queen. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> treat your, do you watch, you watch Parks and Rack? Yes. You know about treat yourself? Yes. yes. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. Oh yeah. I, I had to, I had to show my daughter that clip of it. And treat yourself. 
we, <laughs> I was picking her up from dance one night and I'm like, Camden, let's go treat yourself. And she's like, what? And so I showed her the clip and then we prepared this whole skit for my husband as we walked in the door with Culver's custard. Oh, And it was something like, she said like, Culver's ice cream. And I said, treat yourself. <laughs> and then we're like, with Snickers, treat yourself. And it went on from there. And I can't remember the end of the skit, but it said something like, treat yourself. It's the best day of the year. It's the best day of the year. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have to like find that and it's show so that to funny. my kids. It's so great. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> Any it's Parks best and Rec best. fans out there, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh gosh. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. I love that. Mm, brings me back to simpler time, back when we were like, you know, still going out places. Still going out places, yes. <laughs> but yes. okay, but she had another, Nicole had another she great had another thing great that one. I was like, boom, just, oh my goodness, about the whole idea of investing. Yes, investing, teaching kids how to invest mm-hmm. and getting them to keep the money in their investment accounts and actually like see the value in investing. I think one of the things that's going to have a very, that has a very large impact on me here, just even in the moment we were having the podcast and still now is Mm -hmm. that about me showing my children that I value them too. Yeah. So matching that investment. Matching the investment. It's like 401ks. Right. Yeah, how companies match 401ks. That's exactly, like that makes me so much more apt to do something is when I know that I'm not alone and that somebody else is partnering with me and showing that they believe in me and that I can do this. Mm -hmm. But even with that whole matching the investment, like when she was talking about it at first, I was like, oh God, how much is this going to cost me? And then she was breaking it down. I'm like, oh wait, like four bucks? Okay, yeah. I could invest four bucks a month to show my kids that I care about them and that this is an important skill for them to learn. And she said like she physically transfers the money in front of them online so they could see what the difference is in their bank account right then. They get the immediate gratification. I think that's brilliant because Mm -hmm. I have to be honest with you with everything going on, I'm not always the most technologically savvy person person. I mean, like I know how to work tech, but I'm not huge on it sometimes. So uh, online baking, mm-hmm. that has been something that I've only started doing in the last few years. I mean, I had my apps and whatnot, but doing things that way, it's been new. And then also in my household, we've had some changes now mm-hmm. and getting onto the online baking has been a new thing for us. My Miguel never used it. So it was something new <laughs> he had to learn like, oh, okay. <laughs> so anyways, my point of this is it teaches your children that that technology is there and becoming familiar with it so yeah. that they're ready for it when they have to start start doing their own baking. Makes it less scary. Yeah, and it does. A, it's, it's a way familiar. to teach without sitting down and being like, this is how you do this and this is how you do that. They just Ugh, get to watch and right. absorb, which I think is great for kids. But Nicole, if you want to learn more from her, please do sign up for her Abundant Life Summit. We have a link for you in the show notes and also a link to her site as well. And if you're enjoying this podcast, which we hope you are, please rate and review us. Every episode, we will be choosing a review at random, reading it on the air. And you know what's extra special about that? Yeah, tell them. Uh, If we choose your review and we talk about it, we will send you a no guilt mom goodie. And we got some goodies. Yeah. So some very good goodies. And review us. And remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. And we'll see you next time.
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.